Are you ready? Yeah. So, Mike, do the introduction, Mike, since you are uh, you look like a nerd, like the nerd from the emoji. So the nerd guys is doing the introduction, Mike. Okay, Starting from start your it. left, you have. Guys, thanks for coming. Welcome back to another IFTV Serie A audio experience. And everyone's been saying, when you guys going to do another podcast, when are you going to do this? We finally got the crew over here, except for Peter, because he's not in New York. Anto, thank you for being here. Gaetano, thank you for being Welcome here. Welcome back. And Marco. Well, you know, you know what the you know what the comments have been saying what? lately. They're saying that me, you, and Peter were scared to come to the podcast because Milan won. They said that that's why we're we haven't been uh, we haven't been here. Peter, I think, is so scared that he left the country. Is he in Canada right now? Is he? <laughs> I think he's in Canada. I think he's in Utah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're I, not I scared only. You're not. You're scared and you are ashamed because you stuck until the last minute that the Inter is going to win. You should be ashamed of yourself. Okay, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> At least and I you dra- and you dragged into the net. You dragged my buddy Matteo over there. That you made him stuck even with this prediction that AC Milan was not going to win. But you know, I'll cut him a slack because I wanted him to tell me what was his reasoning to until the last day not to pick up AC Milan. Like maybe a, maybe he was like playing mind games like uh, like you do. You play mind games? No, okay. but but for real, jokes aside, uh, it's good to be back. We need to do a recap of the entire season. I know Michael and Antonio did a special Milan episode of uh, when they won the Scudetto. What an unbelievable year it was. The only person who predicted Milan to win the Scudetto at the start of the season was Antonio. Antonio, round of applause. I give you, <laughs> I give you respect. I like how Gaetano is going to say something. because My dad he, is the only one who didn't clap for him. Gaetano, why, why aren't you clapping okay, for Okay, I don't him? need this. Why don't you want to give him credit? I want to hear this one. But... It's easier. It's easier for him to say Milan. He would always say Milan and Italy. Well, you said Juventus all the time. Whatever. whatever Isn't that easier for you too? No, I didn't say. I didn't uh, say Juventus after okay. uh, Ronaldo left. Okay, I said Juventus when Ronaldo was. I there. stuck with Milan the first time, okay. and I stuck with Milan the second time. Yeah, first but time. so you get the credit now. You know. Uh. So, but you say a lot of things though. Oh! You, you say that Italy was going to win the World Cup. <laughs> I mean, the Italy is not even in the World Cup. If Mancini so, would have listened to me, he would have won the World Cup. <laughs> so there's a, a lot of things. I mean, you're a Milan fan. What are you going to say? You're going to say Milan is going to win. It's easy. No, it's not easy. It's yeah. not easy. I knew it. We were, we were supposed to win last year. We didn't have the bench to win the, the, the so campeonato. What made, you, what made you predict that Milan was going to win the, the I, season? What did I'm, you see from the I squad? I made the prediction that I saw that the squad was ready, but not to, to make the, the final the final Leave. jump to the stuff. So the, the crew that we had last year pretty much was exactly the same except for Giroud. And Giroud was needed not because uh, physically, we didn't have a physically Ibrahimovic because with Ibrahimovic in top shape, we wouldn't probably don't even need Giroud. But with Giroud coming in, that gave me the confidence. I said, this is what is going to put us over the top. So, and the aging, the aging, like the wine, the aging of Kalulu, the experience that he gained into the field and all the stuff, and Calabria, and uh, Florenzi was the one that really surprised me the most because uh, he showed me that he had some quality still left on his uh, on his game. So it's a combination of things. Of course, Benasser coming up to his prime. Tonali being, uh, being the major uh, push for us. And don't forget, by giving up Donnarumma, we, de- we did ourselves a huge favor financially, economically, and by getting Mike Magnan. I think Mike Magnan is a lot more, more uh, you know, laser focus on the win and in getting their defense, the defense just focus. Because when that guy looks in, he's looking at you, he's demanding a lot, a lot of attention. He had the most clean sheets and he won Serie A MVP for the best goalkeeper. Yeah, but look his body language. It doesn't panic. It doesn't do anything. He plays very well with his feet. He actually had one or two assists during the, the, the entire campionato. He's very comfortable in his position. He makes all the rest of the defense and the squad in front of him playing very, very, not relaxed, but playing very concentrated. I have to say, I'm, uh, I've been, I was so impressed this year. Honestly, I didn't know what to expect from this Milan. I absolutely would not have uh, predicted them to win the Scudetto. I thought that based off their squad, I thought you know a lot of their players besides Giroud and, and Ibra are young players. They're players who have not won. And we constantly hear this in Italy, like you need a team of veterans to be able to win. I mean, but you have to give so much credit because they didn't win because they went out and they bought the best players in the world. They weren't able to. They had to build on a budget. They had to build with their brain. Maldini did an incredible job from top to bottom, and I felt like it was the perfect combination of everything working at the great time. I keep saying, Pioli 
if he was at Milan a couple of years ago, it never would have worked out. He probably would have lasted six months. He found himself in this situation where the young players listen to him, the old players listen to him, and he could be this father figure of not really needing to tell everyone where they needed to be at the exact moment, but knowing the right thing to say at the right time. I, I think back to what he showed in the locker room, right? In one of their last matches, the, the quote from Kobe Bryant that said, yeah, we're 2-0 up, but we need to push for the next one. Like, never letting them stalemate and, and get stuck and continuing to believe even in moments where there probably was no hope. The Derby, the Derby de la Madonina, when they were down 1-0 and got dominated. And then they came out and won the match 2-1. I got to give so much from top to bottom, this Milan. It's an example also for the rest of the Serie A that, hey, you don't always need to be the guys that go out and buy the biggest players. Yeah. What'd you think? Well, I thought that uh, Inter was a better team than AC Milan, but that uh, Milan had a, the better leadership than Inter. And then when I saw in the last uh, in the last three four weeks where people still thought that Inter was going to win, I thought that's a Milan is going to take it. They're not going to stop now because they have this leadership in Maltini, Giro, Ibra, which they're going to bring it to the field and they're going to bring it into the locker room and they're going to bring it into practice. Uh, and when it gets that close, I thought these guys they're going to do it. Hmm. What, but what changed? Because you didn't have Milan winning. Obviously, nobody here, like I said, besides Antonio. What do you think changed or what did you miss from that time? Compared well, to what they, actually they had one more year. These young guys had one more year. The, uh, the veterans were there helping them out. Uh, I mean, the transformation of uh, Tonali from the year before and this year was, was amazing. So, they, you know, this young, this young team, which uh, they played one year without any spectators, and maybe there was not the pressure that they had. You know, they grew. They they became more mature. And then it was the right timing with Pioli, Maldini, Ibra, and Giro. I think that was... And Magnanto. Put Magnanto because he's, got a, he's, a leader. he's a leader. That brought this team to something that Inter, even though I thought the team was better, they did not have. I still would yeah. say that <clears throat> the team was better. But Milan put it together on the field more than Inter did. 100%. And since we are given credit, um, I think there is some credit that needs to be due to our premium sponsor, Paramount+. Plus. I think for their debut season uh, for Serie A, I think they've done incredibly well. Doing incredible stuff with uh, with the Serie A, going to trips to Italy. Marco's incredible trip over there for six weeks. And uh, Marco can obviously say better than all of us how, how incredible it is having... People that actually love Serie A working in that environment overall, right, Marco? I mean, you just you met the crew also behind the scenes because what I keep saying is that, you know, when you do something with love, like everybody here, we grew up with Serie A. We know we want <clears throat> the league to be so big in America. Mm -hmm. They have that behind the scenes. Everyone is pushing to, to take it to the next level. So thank you to Paramount Plus for being our sponsor for this entire year. The coverage has been fantastic to be able to watch and be a part of. And uh, and even the, the show that we built is actually today. It came out on Paramount Plus. So it's available anyone who already has it. I'll link in the description if you didn't sign up, but I'm sure you didn't. I think it's under, if you go to Serie A and you go to specials, you'll see For the Love of Calcio. It's a TV show where I, I traveled around for six weeks, going around Italy, meeting players and telling stories about the people that I met. So it was an incredible journey. And uh, maybe, maybe the reason why Paramount did so good is because you came up with the jingle in the middle of the year. And that's why Milan won as well. Okay, since you brought it up, uh, uh, Paramount Plus, if you're listening to me, you know that I'm one of your biggest promoters. I'm about to quit my job in the next uh, six months to one year. <laughs> so uh, I'm, uh, I'm just putting, setting myself up for a job interview because uh, I just wanted to travel to Italy all over like this guy here did. <laughs> but I want to do it on a weekly basis because this guy here, once in a while, you send it for an important game. I want to be there all the time. So give me a nice credit card with a limited budget on. Forget <laughs> about the $5,000 or 5,000 euro. Give me a credit card with a limited budget and I'm going to put a lot of beautiful content. You from, will never see this guy again. From time to time, <laughs> I'll, Greek, I'll, I'll put my Greek buddy over here next to me and uh, I'll teach him how to, to speak a little better Italian. But... Uh, I'm on for the challenge, so uh, nice. and uh, maybe from time to time, Papi Miller is going to be help me out because <laughs> she's a an AC Milan fan, from what I understand right now. Because I, I kind of uh, uh, you know uh, promote AC Milan so much that uh, she had to just fend it off against all of you, and uh, you know, likely Papi, she's a uh, my die, my die Papa, she's a, <laughs> she's an AC Milan fan right now. So uh, you know what? Thank you, Paramount Plus, for promoting Serie A. This is the main reasons why I'm still here. Otherwise, I would never not even be sticking around those guys. So thank you for sponsoring the podcast. 
And uh, I thank you for all the rest of the guys that, uh, besides you guys, are watching us because we're here to make a service for all the fans and try to make everybody happy, despite of the fact that I'm a, a rabid and nasty AC Milan fan. But I love every fan. You know, I love every nice. fan. Okay? Guys, I have a question for the, for the group. Mm -hmm. Since we're talking about Milan Scudetto, who do you think was the most valuable player looking back that... If this player was taken away from the squad, they would not have won. And I know we all already agree that it's the leadership of the team. It's a unit. You cannot win without everyone. But put that aside and answer the question. For me, it was hands down Rafael Leao. Because in the moments that mattered, in the decisive moments, he came through. When the team was, was looking like, can they be able to score a goal? I think eight out of his 11 or 12 goals were the decisive ones. Were the one that was 1-1 and he scored the 2-1 or the ones that won the match. I think his 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 ability to break the deadlock was like the key for Milan. I don't remember who else said it too. I, I know one of the Milan players said that Leao was, without Leao, they would not have been able to win. What do you mm. No, I, I agree. I mean, they had a lot of players that uh, they were MVP for the season, but I'll go with Giro. I think you needed his goals uh, to uh, to get you uh, to, um, to the top. Um, and, Leao had a lot of assists, he had goals, but I, I go with Giroud. I think he was uh, he was the uh, the MVP. I think Mike. most people would pick uh, Leao for the most part. I agree he's been uh, very vital, but someone even more consistent that I feel like he doesn't get enough praises. I, I, I'd have to give it to Mike Magnan, just because he's replaced someone like Donnarumma, who is on top of the world, Euro Cup winner. And just like that, Milan fans pretty much forgot about him just because he was so composed, no drama, good with his feet humble character who's won you know previously before and i think that was perfect he commanded the defense great and you didn't get a peep out of him you know it was, it was only positives for him you didn't hear stuff about the outside his agents or whatever the case may be so i think i have to give it a mic anto Nemanyan, hands down not even i mean the the job of a scorer or a forward or a winger or whatever is to score that's your job and you know, you go, you you leave by the 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 your your success, and you just leave by your defeat too. So you have to just take it on and off. Manyan, like Mike said, you never hear a pip about this guy here. No wags, none of that <laughs> stuff on the on the on the Corriere. Even though I spend a lot of a lot of time watching you the wags and all the stuff. Yeah, it's very interesting. I gotta be honest <laughs> with you. So, but Manyan, hands down, it's the best for me. <clears> Can that, I give uh, one argument though? Yeah. One one little argument. Yeah. I think that it's easier to replace a goalkeeper than That's it is not. to replace. Mm. Uh, a top goal scorer. Let me. Mm -hmm. I'll make you an example. Okay. Donnarumma was the MVP of Serie A last year, and they replaced him with Mike Magnan, who also became the Serie A MVP. To find a top goal scorer, a guy like Leao, you have to go out and spend 100 million. You're talking about Hollands, Mbappe, the top of the top. So if you if you lost Leao, who can you get that could actually replace him at that same level? I struggle to find a name that's actually within reason. So for that reason. As also your goal scorer. The goal scorers, they got to be yeah. the ones that... I'll tell, 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 <laughs> tell you why you're wrong. I'll tell you why you're wrong. tell you why you're wrong. First of all, first of all, Leao was not a capo cannoniere. He did, he did score pretty nice goals. Also, goal. it's the assists. It it's was how he like set your, up a lot of the moments. What, what your father said was the right thing to say before. It was Giroud and Leao. The Giroud leadership. Giroud attracts, attracts a lot of people on him. And Leao doesn't have to be attracting people. Leao, they always double him up. So by somebody doubling up uh, Leao, Giroud is always, uh, he finds himself from time to time to be free. So it's a combination of both of them. It's not just Leao. It's, it's like a deadly combo. Giroud and Leao from the West and don't forget Tio Hernandez. Tio right, Hernandez. But the, the, that's the point. But we know the MVP, it's all of MVP is Magnan. MVP is Magnan. Anyway, let's. Uh, Magnan. Uh, unbelievable from Milan. Drop in the comments who you think was the MVP. I don't think you could go wrong with a couple of the names that we mentioned. It was a team effort at the end of the day. Um, so, unbelievable job for Milan. Well done. Now you've got the 19th Scudetto underneath your belt. And uh, it's a good And we're going to get the 20 before Inter. We're going to get the 20 before Inter, right? Well, and are we? You owe me a shirt. You told me that. I thought I, I forget about it. You owe me a shirt. We, so. we made a bet. Okay. I will buy you a, an AC Milan shirt. I think we'll put IFTV Antonio yeah. with the number five mm -hmm. for Cinque Palmi. Yeah. 100%. Next podcast that we do, I'll get you the shirt. Hey, didn't you say that, uh, you know, uh, thanks to somebody that I know, I got to meet Pirlo and Nesta at, uh, at the airport. I'm not going to make names. But uh, this shirt here is going to be a special shirt because every time that you go to Italy, 
And if I'm not there, I want you to take the shirts, especially if some of the best players that I know. And you have to just ask them. Why don't you tell your story with Pirlo real quick? Oh my God, Pirlo was so funny. Peter was almost out of the gate with uh, the cab driver over there. I mean, the cab driver, the taxi driver. So I said, hey, Andrea, uh, I first shook hands with him. And then uh, I said, hey, Andrea, uh, you think we can take a picture together? I said, yeah, sure, no problem. So we take a picture together and I get, he takes the phone and he gives, the, he gives it to the, to, the, to the cab driver. I said, Ando, are you uh, from Bari? I said, uh, yeah, how, do you, uh, how did you find out? He said, I can see from your phone. <laughs> <laughs> on my phone on the backside, there is the, the, body, the body stuff. So uh, he, he was so freaking nice. And then he said a couple of words, even uh, he said, yo, what are you, Jadej? I said, oh my crap, this guy can speak even dialect. <laughs> so I said to myself, I, I, at the moment that I didn't think about it, but then, I, you know, after the insulting, you know, you, you're so shocked to be, to have to to stand next to Pirlo. You know, your your skin is so, it's, a, it's like, a, like, like you said, what do you say, the skin, uh, uh, chicken Goose skin bumps. or something? Yeah, and then I said, oh my God, I'm standing next to Pilo. Can you imagine this guy? This guy is like God for me. So uh, he signed my jersey. They said to me, stretch it. He signed it so nicely. He put number 21 on. And then he signed very nicely. Even the, the, the Gallardetto, the Scudetto that I brought in. But for him, for him, being, uh, being uh, the fact that uh, I heard that it's not extremely, not available to, to uh, it's always been sought by so many people. So uh, he has the tendency to... Uh, to stay a little bit, uh, to, to focus on, on himself. Uh, uh, but he was so nice. I mean, one of the nicest person that signed my jersey, thank to this guy over here. So, uh, because he, uh, I'm sure he made their life a lot easier by going through the, you know, customs <laughs> and all the stuff. So, uh, Let's, what uh, can I tell you, Gaetano? Okay, thank you. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't like you that much, but uh, you did a great job. Thanks, Gaetano. Good uh, friend, right? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Inter, Inter season, because Ooh. as much as we spoke about Milan, um, you mentioned that Inter was the best team. What'd you make about their season? How do you how do you judge it? Even though they lost the Scudetto, but they did win two other trophies. But uh, I think that the Scudetto, at one point, I thought that they 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 were able to um, uh, they should be able to win it. And at one point, when they were playing that uh, that derby and they were winning, I mean, I said that's it. <laughs> this, this campionato is over. They could have gone up like seven points or something. Um, and then uh, something happens. And I think it's something that happens to the teams that Inzaghi it coaches. I mean, that's what I think. I think that Inzaghi does not prepare the team as good as other coaches for the important games. It, it happened to him at Lazio. It happened to him at Inter. So how do you rank his, how do you judge his, his season? Do you think it's successful? Do you think it's a failure? Do you think it's somewhere in between? I think for the first year that he was there and he made this leap to, a, to a, 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 you know, one of the top teams, uh, I think Inter will think the same way. They're going to give him a chance for next year. But if he, if he doesn't not do well next year, he's gonna, I think it's going to be out. Yeah, yeah it's probably uh, for Inter is a good season. You know, but not the the great season that uh, if he would have won the Scudetto, that would have been a great season, and he would have shown me um, how much better he got from from when he was at Lazio. But as he said, when he took over the the squad in July, it was a disaster, and people thought that they were not even going to get top four when they lost Hakimi, Lukaku, and Conte. That's so true. To him. That, that's true, and uh, and Conte uh, and Conte ran away when he saw that. And, uh, you know, shame on Conte because he, he should have stayed. To me, he should have stayed. And uh, so he did a good job when those players left. They did a good job. But also the club did a good job because they got him good players. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Dumfries, he did very well mm -hmm. for somebody that came. The, you know, he did the first year. Jekyll. Jekyll is a is a good player. I mean, he did good in the beginning of the season. Yeah, but you got to do the entire season. A team like Inter that needs a real Correo, Caicedo, they didn't general. really. No, Caicedo didn't do anything, but Correa came in a couple of times. He yeah. scored the first game, he scored a couple of goals, and uh, he always had somebody else on the bench. Sanchez, that when he, he needed, you know, the little push at the end, he, he came also through. he came through. So, do you too. think it's just a player thing next year that Inzaghi needs to do better? Is it just he needs better players? Well, they uh, they definitely need to do something up front. Uh, if um, I hear that Lukaku is wants to come back and uh, Tottenham wants Lukaku, I think if he gets Lukaku back, <laughs> game over. <laughs> and, you know, then 
I want to see him. I don't think so. No, I want to see him win the Scudetto. I know the problem, but I, inter, I know the problem that Inter had. I, I, I just I want to share it with everybody. But just go ahead, do, do what you're no, gonna go, do. Go. Okay, I'll tell you what. The only thing that I blame Inzaghi for the job. If I, I mean, I'm not an Inter fan, thank the Lord. But if I was an Inter fan, the only thing that would be blaming him too, he was not able to replace or to just put somebody on the position of Brozovic when Brozovic was out, because that's what. I think Inter's when Inter started not to win games because they started to have a bunch of ties, they lost a few games. It was because of the role of Brozovic. Nobody can really embrace it the same way that Brozovic plays. Brozovic, I think it's more important than Lautaro and a lot of the players on that team. And uh, obviously right now, the main thing that Inter should be doing is just uh, looking for the players that can be, uh, you know, can be the, a, a natural sub for Prozovic, which is not easy. Prozovic is like the Pirlo of AC Milan when AC Milan, uh, uh, or the Nazionale when AC Milan, the, the Italian national team was coming out of, of the box. So when you don't have somebody like that, just uh, making things clear for the rest of all the team, I said, hey, I got the ball, just get yourself uh, set up. They didn't have it. They didn't have the sub for Prozovic, and that's what I think that that's what they got screwed for. That's a really good. That's actually yeah, a really no, no. good they point. They didn't. They didn't have the, the player. So I think Peter Peter's yeah. big thing was he kept saying that they didn't have a Brozovic. The thing for me is like I, I feel like I mean they got so far. They won the two trophies, which was really great for them. Uh, even in Champions League, they made me pr- very proud. I mean they went out against Liverpool. Um, they they but they played the right way, and and I think at times this Inter for me they were still they're the best team on paper. Like their group is the strongest. And I think at times, I remember watching Inter back, they still played the best football, in my opinion. Now, I think it wasn't Zaghi perfect. No, he made mistakes. There was mistakes in substitutions. Mm-hmm. There was mistakes, I agree, in mentality and in concentration where they could have managed games a little bit better. But it's his first year at a top team at, you know, all due respect to Lazio. At Lazio, you're not expected to win. When you go to Inter as a reigning champions, it's a different sort of pressure. So I think we need to give Inzaghi, cut him a little bit of slack to... Be able to adapt and to grow. He's 100% the coach that they need to build for. My bigger concern is Sooning, and it's the club behind them, mm-hmm. on are you going to be selling these players like Bastoni? Are you going to keep losing pieces every single year? Mm. The thing with me is um, I, I don't want to take anything away from Milan. They did a great job of taking advantage of Inter not being, I feel like, clear-headed for most of the time. Uh, they, like Marco was saying, there's some questionable um, substitutions from Izagi. They had, we know, that two-month rut that they were in that they couldn't get themselves out of. Inzaghi's first year with a brand new team, uh, stuff like that. Radu's huge mistake that costed them uh, three points against Bologna. I still think they have the best team on paper. And, you know, Milan only won by a few points. So it, I think if this season played again Inter would pro- you probably put your money on Inter to take it no way we won and we deserve it <laughs> o- only the, no I would say we Milan it, Milan definitely deserves bad, it too bad but too bad Inter could have had I feel like it was more of Inter slipping up more than anything and mm-hmm. I think uh, Inzaghi is going to figure out those problems for next season so unless Milan really buys some quality players it's going to be hard to Win it over Inter again. Personally, that's what I think. I got news for you. We're gonna win again. We're gonna that'd win again. Be, We're gonna win again. We gotta see after the Mercato. We're how. gonna win again. So speaking about, five, speaking about the Mercato, uh, Inter already they got they let Brozovic go. They weren't able to renew him. He he went to Tottenham with uh, Antonio Conte. Perisic. Not Perisic. Perisic. You said Brozovic. You said Brozovic. Oh, I was like, wait, Sorry. what? It's like, did Brozovic I miss something? Hey, you <laughs> no, you went you went from Corona to wine again. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You had the beer, not me today. <laughs> no, but sorry, Perisic uh, left the Inter and he went to Tottenham. You know, I don't think that it's that big of a deal like everyone's trying to make it out. I mean, they got Gossens. He's, He's so one of, good. if not the best player that if was it's healthy as a wing back in Serie A. So they were prepared for this. I don't think that that one's a big deal. The concern for me is the reports that they're going to need to sell at least one big player, whether that's Lautaro or whether that's Bastoni. It would be so bad, in my opinion, to lose Bastoni. If you went to Tottenham or yeah. a different team like that, he's the guy is like one of the futures of the Italian national team. A player like that needs to stay in Serie A. And more so, I mean, Suning, it can't be that every year you lose these players. For a team like Inter that just won the league, that won two that won the league, you know, the year before, two that trophies. won two trophies this season, you need to build and be getting better to try to win in Europe. Not losing a player every single year. That was a personal so decision. For, for what? With the Perisic thing you're talking about, no? But I don't care. I said I don't care about Perisic leaving. I no. said that I care about the one big player that might have to go, like Bastoni or Lautaro. Perisic is fine. That's one side to it. I'm talking about the rest that they need to 
They need to be buying players. They can't be selling one of their stars. So for me, that's where the question mark comes in, more so about the ownership rather than Inzaghi or the coaching or what went wrong this year. It's like, how are they supposed to build with this sort of ownership? But is this ownership staying or are they uh, they're going? Gaetano, I'll tell you what. The writing is on the wall. AC Milan under Berlusconi, they're starting to... Berlusconi is starting to sell Ibrahimovic, if you remember. Then he's starting to sell the best defender on the world. Silva. Then they got rid of first Svechenko and all the stuff, Kaka and all the stuff. That was the writing on the wall. When you're starting to sell, I think this ownership over here, it's about done. I think by one, maybe one more year, they're going to sell some of their best. This is where I see it because it's the pattern that you see it. You're selling Lukaku, you're selling Akimi. Now, now uh, what is it? Perisic is gone. The writing is on the wall. They're going to sell some of their best assets and then they're going to put the team on uh, on the market because uh, that's what's happening to the some of the ownership that they are about to leave. So I, I just, I don't want to be wrong. I see just the writing on the wall because in the past I've seen... AC Milan doing exactly the same thing, and I think this is the time for uh, that Inter is gonna is gonna just uh, is gonna do it. Not because of necessity, but because maybe there are other factors that we don't know exactly what's going on. It could be financial, it could be anything else. But I think I see the writing on the wall that Inter is not gonna be able to uh, to maintain and to to sign or uh, or renew the contract with some of those big guns and bring bigger guns inside. Let's talk about so. uh, Napoli. I know we already had we had a basically end of the year podcast for everyone else besides Inter and Milan because we knew the positions that they were gonna end in. Right? We did that the week before. So I don't wanna I don't wanna dive deep on the rest of the teams. Let's just do high level. Yeah. Napoli finished in third place. Um, I know some fans are pretty disappointed because they thought at one point that they could win the Scudetto. I think Spalletti is still the guy to, to go forward with. They had a very successful season because the goal was to get back into Champions League. They got back into Champions League. And, and yes, they weren't able to go all the way and win the Scudetto. But when you think about August, your expectations were very different. The only thing, again, for me, it's question marks about the club. It's question marks about the ownership. When you read the reports that they're offering Koulibaly... And they're offering Fabian Ruiz half of their salary to be able to renew with them. You know, I get some question marks in my head on where is this, where is Napoli going? Like, can Napoli sign the players that get them to that next level if the goal is to try and push for Scudetto? You have to be realistic, you know, where Napoli are financially. But at the same time, they need to be careful of not losing too many of their key players. If they did lose Koulibaly and Fabian Ruiz, I think it would be a mess. A team that finishes in third place in Serie A can't have those sort of standards. And we know Insignia is going to Toronto, so that's another player to replace, get someone on the left wing over there. And yeah, we're not gonna, we're not so sure about this Mercato. Who's going to come? Who's going to go? They, There's going to be a lot of rumors. Yeah, that's true. The biggest one is Bernadeschi going to Napoli because Juventus aren't going to renew him. So it's going to be interesting, Mercato, for Napoli to see where De Laurentiis really wants, what project, where what side Napoli is gonna go for is to stay like to stay in the top four? Actually, strive to go for the scudetto like Milan's been doing. So well, I tell you what, uh, I think uh, I think De Laurentiis to his credit. I mean, uh, first of all, thank you uh, ADL because uh, body, you know right? thank you for, uh, for for this leadership and insanity. Yeah, you know he's gonna leave body. soon, right? I know, yeah, uh, but the, uh, you, you know, I still have, have still, I still have to be thanked. I said thank you for bringing Barry back into the Serie B. Number one, number two. I think he's following the the model that AC Milan has followed with Maldini, Massara, and uh, and Gaziris, my uh, my friend, the next door uh, neighbor over here. So uh, they, it's not how much the value of the player is; it's what they can do and the way they mix into the the team and the, the kind of work that they're going to be able to do. Because many times the big names they they spell trouble. PSG is the, fir- the is the first thing that comes to my mind. I mean, in PSG you have nothing but superstars on on the roles, but year year in a year out they're always out. They're not a team. They're not a team. You have to play as a team. So you can have all the superstars on the wall. You need one or two leaders that they have. Everybody's going to be focused on, and they're going to be just following you from the beginning to the end. If you have too many leaders and you have so many in, it- in Italy, say quanto ciuta ai troppi comandanti la barca gira intorno. If you have too many too many uh, comandanti and uh, everybody is saying something then uh, who's going to take the wheels one guy you need at the wheel one guy said the ball goes the boat goes straight but if so many people pulling the wheel left and right then the ball is going to go round and round and round the ball has to go straight 
the bold, the, the bold, the or bold. Which one? Oh my God! I had a beer before my. That's not your fault. <laughs> the ball or so the, the ball and the boat. They have to go straight down into the net and into the port. What, what do you say, Catano? What do you make of? No, I uh, I lost all the the respect, with due respect to ADL, ADL, whatever his name is. Once uh, Ancelotti left that team, I mean, you had a coach like Ancelotti and you let him go. The guy. I mean, you cannot say enough about what this this man. Uh, to me, he was he's a leader. If you if you would have listened to him, he would get you to the right place, you know. Uh, so I don't know about this idea what he wants to do. He, now he's going to have a lot of competition because AC, AC Milan just got this owner Cardinale who's got big plans. And Roma has got big projects, and I'm sure that Inter is going to follow with projects. And where's Napoli? What's your project? I mean, I don't see it. Um, so I am, I am very disappointed on the ownership. Yeah. You know what Let's I think about, about what's happening? I'll tell you right now. Ideal is going to sell. He's going to sell. You, you just, it, that's like his, his default mode. Is to so just default. scream that press, the guy is going to sell. That's default. default. Okay. Let's talk about Juventus this season. Oh. They they managed to get a uh, top four. Uh, before the season, uh, we had all. I think before the mercato uh, ended, when Ronaldo was there, our prediction our prediction bar Antonio was that Juventus was going to win. Us three plus Peter all said Juventus at that point. When the mercato ended, we all switched and we said Inter would win. But our expectations were never that Juventus would be fighting. The success would be them getting into Champions League. That became the reality because at a certain point, I think November, January, or somewhere around that time, it was a scare if they were even going to get into top four prior to Vlaovic arriving. They ended up getting there. It's their first season in 10, 11 years without getting a trophy. How do we judge this Juventus? Because they got Allegri back. They said, all right, now now Pirlo and Sari, we moved away from them that didn't have the experience of being able to win. Allegri will lead us to the promised land. And while... Everyone kept saying, give him time, give him time, give him time. I don't think you can make an argument that Juventus even improved slightly as the season went on. Do you agree? Yes, I, uh, I agree. But I also want to add uh, something else. That uh, the, manage- the top, top management of Juventus, they're making too many mistakes. And I'm going to put the top, top, Agnelli which in the last few years, he went with Sarri, that was a mistake. He went with Pirlo, that was a mistake. He went to Allegri, to me, that's a mistake. Uh, He bought players that are not Juventus players. And so, you know, you cannot, that's what happens in a season like this. If you don't get the right players, and then you 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 know you you paying seven eight million dollars to Ramsey to Rabiot to all this to all these guys and, and what the hell are you doing? And then DiBala, uh, he never really got into. I mean, DiBala is a good player. He's a good player. Something is wrong there between the top management and uh, and and the players. There's something that is not together. Because Dybala, to me, he could have been the leader there. But um, and he's going to go to another team, and I think he's going to do well. But the biggest disappointment to me is top top management. With that being said, though, going into next year, you know, Agnelli's not going anywhere at this club. What do you do going into this next year? You obviously have to keep Allegri. Yeah, you have to and keep what's Allegri. The strategy? He's got, Can they get back to winning ways? He's got four years. He's making a ton of money, so you cannot let him go. Hmm. If he has another year like this year, I think I think he's gonna go. But do you think they can compete for the Scudetto? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. That's one thing about Juventus. Uh, it's in the DNA that they need to win the Scudetto, the Coppa Italia, the Champions. League. You know, they want they want to they will build the team now. Uh, Yes, for the Scudetto. And all the names that I hear, I mean, they're, they're good names. So uh, I think for next year, yeah, they'll be, they'll be at the top. We'll get into the names, but Mike, how do, you yeah. judge, how do you judge their season and where they can progress? To be honest, for 
it's a very sticky situation. I think for personally for me, thinking for the Juventus fans on this case, first of all, I think there's been a few mistakes that's been going on. Like Gaetano hit on nail on the head with the management one. Next one is I think it was a huge mistake signing Allegri on a four year four year contract with a huge salary because you're forced to not almost not sack him and you're playing this kind of prehistoric football that's not modernized and you got players like Vlaovic, you got great players like Vlaovic, stuff like that, that you're making him look average and you're not giving his full capabilities, a prolific striker, as we've seen at uh, at a team at Fiorentina. He doesn't look like the same kind of striker that could be banging in these goals. Juventus are the kind of team that, you know, they score on the one, two, three opportunities that they have, and if they don't, things can get tricky if they do concede. So they rely on that defense th that they have. But will they be competing for the Scudetto? I guess you could say yes on paper, but I think this Mercato is going to be a huge telling to see how they're going to go about it. Because they do have some players that they are selling, like Bernadeschi. Dybala is one that they're going to have to replace. But it's just going to, time's going to come and we're going to have to realize if this team's actually going to be competing. Because I think the way it's going, I think they're going to be competing for the first half of the season. And then the second half, I think they're going to be falling off and not going to be good enough to be fighting for the Scudetto like Inter and Milan and probably Napoli, I would say. The, the thing, the weird thing is like, yeah, I know you're saying Allegri, he's got a long contract, but either way, even if he didn't have a big contract, mm -hmm. so now are you sacking three coaches three different years in a row or four coaches all four years? That's a that's a bigger problem than just giving him that big contract. And it's also, there's, there's not a speaking between everyone because we heard in the beginning of the year, they want to rejuvenate the squad. They want to build off of young players. Yeah. That was the idea. And now you're watching this Mercato and it's the complete opposite. Allegri is asking them, I need born winners, guys who have won a trophy before to be able to win. That's why they're going after players like Di Maria, like Pogba. They're going after those names because that's they're trying to win immediately. So my only thing is like, it almost feels like they're going in two different directions on what the actual plan is. And I think they got to this point where they're way behind schedule on what they expected. I don't think they thought they would do as bad as they did last year. And they're sort of in a panic mode where they're like, next year we have to win. So let's just sign whatever we can to be able to get there. Now, when you think about, because the big question is, was, was it a su su successful year? And for me, it, it can't be. No. Like, it's not a failure because, yes, you got into Champions League. But for a team that's built like Juventus, no. you have to get into Champions that's League. That's a failure. Like, the year before, they only got in, uh, you know, by the hair of their, their chin. But either way, a team like that has to build. And Allegri was also presented with Ronaldo leaving right before the season started and the Federico Chiesa where I think now when we look at Italy and we look at Juventus, we realize how important Chiesa was into all of those teams. But going forward, they're in a weird situation just because I think next year, if they do bring Di Maria, if they bring Pogba, if they get a couple of these fullbacks that they're saying, they can compete. But long term, are you really building as solid of a foundation as some of the other teams? And also what you do in Champions League? I'm not sure. I gotta tell you something. First of all, it's not really Juventus' problem. It's all the big team problem because uh, those bigger franchises that you've seen around, like PSG, like uh, the Bayern and all the stuff, a lot of teams in Europe and in Italy, they leveled them off. I mean, a team that was a, was a mediocre team or was a middle of the range now, they can compete at any level with a big team. Now you got Roma, you got Lazio, you got Atalanta, you got a lot of Parma, you got a lot of play. I mean, not Parma, uh, uh, Sassuolo. You have a lot of teams that they initially, 20 years ago, they will never, they will just lay, lay down the red carpet for you and then you, you, you go over there and you take the three points home, whether you play home or whether you play away. Right now, things have changed and have changed for the better. And in a way that if you got to come and play, you're going to have to earn your three points. It was not a given. Before, Gaetano remembers me, remembers many years ago. Gaetano, oh my God, Juventus is going to play Venezia. Or is going to play, uh, I don't know, uh, Spezia. It's three points. They even put it on the stuff and they, and they turned the page already. Before even the game started. Right now, it's not that shit anymore. So what I'm saying is that Juventus, for me... Allegri is not the solution, even though you, got, you gave us a four-year contract. The fact that they rely into Allegri is because, uh, I don't know, Pirlo, Pirlo and Sari. Pirlo, as a first year, he didn't do that bad. I mean, it's the first time you just you just fall off the cliff and they say, hey, I got Pirlo available. It's cheap. 
it's a, it's a Juventus player, it's smart, let's give it a shot. So he brought you by the tip of the day, you said, like you said, by the hair inside the Champions League, I would have given him an extra here. He won two trophies as well. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, Allegri, Allegri, he didn't do crap. He didn't do anything. I'm saying, I'm as much as I like him, but uh, he didn't do anything. But going to the going to answer your 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 question, Mark, can they compete Pogba and Di Maria and Capolada defense, it's not going to do it. I'm not gonna do it for you. AC Milan is getting stronger. Inter is gonna try to level them up because they know that AC Milan is getting much stronger than what we are right now. Then you have Roma coming up big time. You have Napoli that they're gonna try to fend off all the stuff. Everybody's competing for exactly the same thing that you're competing. Before, all you had to do, just go on the market and buy two or three of the, the best players and you were always on the top. It's over. It's over. Right now you can go on markets and much wider and they have players, young, and with a lot of talent that nobody knows about who they are. And those are the players that they make a huge difference. Theo Hernandez was unknown before he came to AC Milan. Uh, Salas Maker was unknown before he was AC Milan. Still Calabria unknown. was unknown was yeah. before he came to AC Salas Milan. Salas Maker still unknown. Brian Diaz was never was unknown before he came. I'm going to give you, Kalulu was unknown before right. he came to AC Milan. Right, I'm more, I'm, I'm any more you need. Okay, yeah. did I make the point for Le you? Thank you. Yeah. But no, you didn't. You, yes, sir. We are run away with the winner. With the winner, we won. We won. How can you not be competitive if you have Di Maria on one side, you have Kies on the other side, and you have Vlaovic in the middle, and you have and you have somebody like Quadrado, which could play left or right. The only thing you got a good goalkeeper. The defense is going to be solid. The only thing you need is to buy. You got Locatelli. You need to buy two midfielders, and you cannot be competitive. And if Pogba is one of them, you're going to be very competitive. Now, if they're not, I will suck Allegri right away. Goodbye, Pagatano, those are those are much older than what they are. They, they were uh, they were at, uh, their prime. They're not at their prime anymore. Di Maria is at the end of his yeah, career. Chiesa, Vlaovic. No, but Di Maria and Pogba, they're not. Di Maria and Pogba, they're not. Quadrado's 34. Quadrado's 34. That's crazy. crazy. Pogba's 29. Yeah, so what? So yeah. what? He hasn't done anything yeah, in Manchester. But Quadrado was the best player. No, no, Quadrado, but I'm surprised how old he is. I thought he was a little bit younger. Who has done anything at Manchester United? Besides Ronaldo, nobody has done anything at Manchester That's such a, for me, it's such a, I know Ryan keeps saying the same thing. It is like the stupidest argument that he didn't do anything in Manchester United because Manchester United has been like a team that's mm. been on fire. Besides Ronaldo, I fail to think of any player who's done it's been a bad environment. Listen. You mentioned you mentioned Roma. Let's 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 move on because we, we got we gotta wrap up. Roma season they finished in fifth place. They won uh the conference league. Six. Sorry, sorry, sixth six, place. Six, sorry. Yeah. They they won the conference league, they finished in a Europa League spot. Um great job by Mourinho and the rest of the, the team. Really, this team is is one that can build, and I feel like if they would be able to invest in the market, they can do some really important stuff. Because unlike the Juventus, from where I saw them start to where I saw them finish are two different mm. teams, basically. The character, the, the will to grind out of a match, to all be on the same page and to be fighting for the same thing. I see that, that sort of unity, and I think that's how... Eventually, that's how you judge a coach from where they start in August to where we'll judge them now in in May and June. So for them, I think the big keys. I think it's a success. I think it's a very successful season for a first year. I think the keys for them is in defense. A few times they were they were lacking. Ibanez, Mancini, Smalling. I think is good. Mancini, Ibanez. I think you need to do a little bit more. You need to get players who have been there, who have won. And if you, if you can't get those, you need at least young players that will be there long-term for you. If they can get a couple of players, I think this Roma next year will be fighting for the Champions League spot. They lost Mkhitaryan. I don't think it's as big of a loss for, for Roma. I think it kind of makes sense for all parties. And Zaniolo, to too. Yeah. Zaniolo, he yeah. might, Zaniolo might be the one that funds the market at the end yeah. of the day. And I was, I was there at the Derby. Zaniolo didn't start the Derby, and the team played great. So is Zaniolo the key where if you get 50, 60 million, would you not sell him? I don't think... That's a question mark. I, I really don't him. think that That's it's that bad mark. of a situation for Roma right now. Hmm. Listen, uh, Roma needs uh, a couple of midfielders. They're talking about Paredes. Uh, and they need... The defenders. Uh, well, the, the defender, I think you I think you could get somebody in, in the same. I mean, Smalling is very good. The you know who could be good, actually? Yeah. Two, I just thought about ones. Demiral is not going to get signed by... Atalanta. Demiral uh, could be a guy. I mean, I think Roma. you could get somebody good in the middle, but the key position is uh, at midfield. I think Cristante is a good player. If you can get Paredes, I think he, he could help there. And then you need, if you sell Zaniolo, 
because Abraham needs service. Yeah, he needs to have somebody that you know Pellegrini is good, so you need somebody to replace Zaniolo. Two players you need. What do you think about Isco? They're talking about Isco. Uh, AC Milan wants him too. Everyone does. I think Isco is a good player. I think he's got quality. He's got skills. Uh, he can create. So Isco might be a, a, a good solution. He's got the character that I think and, Mourinho uh, wants. And if he can get another player, Mourinho, I mean, he knows the Premier League very well. Maybe he can get somebody that we don't know, you know, that plays for, uh, you know, for Everton or something, mm-hmm. you know. They're talking about uh, Jesus, um, you know, somebody that in the in the Premier that we don't know that could be a good player, even for the centre-back. You know, there are a lot of players. You think Crisante is good enough to start for Roma? Yes. Or you're not biased by saying mm-hmm. that? Because we know you have some ties with Crisante, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't have ties with Crisante. What kind of a no. tie do you have with Crisante, by no, the way, I'm that a, I don't I'm know? I'm a little oh, bit knows. biased. There we but go. you don't have he a tie knows. to Crisante. No, no, no. Not a tie. I just, said that I just met him a couple yeah. of times. He's the nicest there guy that you want to meet. And Michael's and, a nice uh, guy, too. Nah, don't say that. It's not that nice. When I be in football, I'm not. No, but I I, I like Cristante. I think Cristante okay. is the balance between the uh, in the the midfield that gives you a balance. He's been brought, like, listen, Cristante, Cristante okay, has been brought up the right okay, way. Was so an easy Milan for. Oh, he's gonna say something. Let's, uh, let's say today. Today he's playing. I think he's gonna start, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. Okay, I want to see today. That's true. How he okay. does? We'll keep well, an eye the, on him. Also, the good thing mm. is that they've even been able to develop guys like Zalewski has been so good yes. for them. That's one more player that you don't have to go out and buy. And you guys been at Mm-hmm. And you have Spinazzola. That's coming back. Yeah. Spinazzola, let's yeah. see how I'm. I'm a little bit concerned on which Spinazzola will come back, mm. but we'll see. It'll be good that he has an entire summer yeah. to recover. Is it R- Roma? They got a good goalkeeper. The goalkeeper was fantastic in in yeah. the last the game. Yeah, the, the defense. You could get somebody. You could find somebody good. You just need Demiral. To, I'm yeah. telling you, Demiral's the guy for that. You should guys get that. You need Demiral more than he Roma needs. He is on Juventus. Yeah. So why, why you want to get rid of no, Demiral? He doesn't work with the leaked. He doesn't. Well, how so? <laughs> We're talking about Lazio now. Oh, Lazio. Lazio is uh, renewing with uh, with Sarri. He's extending. He's staying at the club. There were question marks around if he did or if he didn't. How do we judge this Lazio season? Oh, we forgot. We forgot Milenkovic. Is he leaving Lazio? I think in the end he's going to be sold because that's that's a great player that's a great player so what do you think about Lazio's that's a great player for Juventus Ah, ah. Seventy million. <laughs> ah. That's a great player. He's not cheap. Not for us. We don't need him. He's not going to go to Roma. I don't think he's no. going to go to Roma. No, he's not going to go. But that guy, if you get him at midfield, game changer, right? Oh yeah, he's a game changer. Let's talk about Lazio's Lazio. season. Um, a really, really weird one for them. Uh, I like that they are sticking to a project. I think it, it's a it's a good sign from them that at least they'll stay with a the coach. They're not going to switch year after year to someone new. They're committing to Sadi. So now in the summer, what do you need to do? You need to get Sadi the players that, that he wants. Yeah. You know, they're saying guys like uh, Zielinski. We know that he has players that like Lucas Leva who are not in his plans, who are probably going to be the ones that move out. I still think, kind of like Roma, they're lacking so much quality in the back. Um, it was something that I saw clearly in August and why I didn't believe in them in uh, to go to Champions League because you need a really good defense when you want to actually compete for stuff especially when you try to play the high line that he plays. I don't think their their center but I don't think their entire defense is good enough at that level. It's a hard it's a hard summer for them. The good thing that I think is is a positive is that Sadi is better in these sort of situations where they're tight on funds. He's shown in the past with Empoli, with Napoli, you know, maybe he could find players and build them up into the system and they've committing to keeping him so he has time to build. Will they compete next year for the Champions League? I think it will be tough unless everything works out and some of the young players that they invest in understand the system, but I'm not too sold on it. The thing with uh, Sadi is I feel like the past few years, I've always kind of sided with him because I liked his football and all this, but I think this season told me that I don't think I'm a fan of Sadi anymore. I don't know if it's because I'm always next to Antonio or something, but he, I feel like he's always bickering. He's always there's always a problem with the players that he one week he wants someone out. He's not playing this midfielder because of that. Uh, he doesn't have the correct players next to him. I don't think 
he I think Napoli that those seasons with Napoli made him better than he was. I don't think he's as good as maybe people ex- put him out to be. And even though they finish higher than Roma, I think Roma are a better team than them and had a better overall season than them. And I think they're going to have a lot of trouble getting good quality players and I don't I do not think that they're going to fight for top 4, especially when they sell some key midfielders. They're talking about Luis Alberto, Savic and their defense is pretty bad, and they they don't know who to play in, in goalkeeper. So I'm I'm not a fan of Sadi and Lazio's project right now. It's kind of all all, all over the place. Even though I was ex- really excited in the beginning, I changed I changed completely 180 with them. Listen, personally, my opinion is we just named the three three the Lazio's midfield is Leva, Alberto, and Savic. So when you lose those three, you have the totally rebuild the, the it's like you're rebuilding the entire team. Yeah. Because the brain of the team is the, the midfield. So when you take the brain out, you have to just do brain surgery. You have to just take another brain from somebody else and just implant it into the team. It's not easy. Sometimes you need the brain. It takes a, it, it can it can get rejected by the like a, like an organ transplant. It takes <laughs> takes Listen, I'm taking this from the medical terminology. A new brain that not necessarily works as well as a, a brain that it was not doing as great as it was supposed to be doing. The so, hell are you can, can, about? can we get a new what brain? Can we get a new brain for you? Oh my god! All what right, let me switch back the to Antonio. The was fine for a second. All right, but let me let me switch back to uh, what what I'm capable to do, which is just uh, Mike. Talking. Would you give your brain to Antonio? Uh, it will never work. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, what I'm trying to say is that we always we over idealize this uh, this Sarri because of the first year the way he did it in Napoli that it yeah. went up being a disaster because at the end of the day you didn't win crap with Napoli anyway. He did incredible though. Okay, so he went to Chelsea, he won a little shit here, and then he went to Juventus, he won a little thing over there. Sarri is not a top coach. Okay, now let's get ba- let's get down to management. Okay, I trust I trust that uh, Atari. Is the is the guru of uh, of uh, Lazio? Not necessarily Lotito and company. Tare is the only one. This the soccer con- connoisseur of uh, of Lazio. If they are uh, uh, if they actually going to put on the on the market a uh, savage, which is almost uh, a, a done deal that is gonna, is not going to play in Lazio next year. I think Tare has got the quality and he's got intelligence to replace him with a, a top midfielder. Leva is replaceable. Mm-hmm. Luis Alberto, I will keep him. Luis Alberto has got a lot of quality that people they don't see it. I that guy to me to me next to Savage, he, he shares the, the leadership of the entire team. Luis Alberto and Tare for me, for me they take they all Lazio they 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 put Lazio either uh, to the top and when they lose they, they they are the only two that they can take the the blame for uh, for the loss. I think those are the two uh, the two uh, uh, players that I will never 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 you know substitute. But if that if I have to I I need two players of the same cl- caliber or even higher in order to be able for that machine to to still run at the same speed. So what we'll do now is uh we're at we're at an hour into this podcast. We have to talk uh, about we're Fiorentina. Gonna, we're going to we're going to do we're going to go to uh Italy as well. Uh we're going to watch the Italy match. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do is once the Italy matches are are over, we'll do a recap on what we think about Italy because obviously we had that finalissima uh match against Argentina that we're all trying to forget. Um, and then we'll go through the rest of the squads. I know we didn't talk about Atalanta, Fiorentina, Sassuolo. Also, the new teams coming up like Monza, Berlusconi's Monza. Mm-hmm. We'll do an episode two where we'll break it up into two parts. This, this is the first part, and we'll do a second part where we talk about the rest of those matches as well as Italy. And and a little transfer market because I know we, we touched upon it, but mm-hmm. we didn't we go, go into as it. deep. Yeah. There we go. Okay, that's it. All right, everybody. Ciao, guys. Uh, as always, thank you for watching. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Subscribe, like, and we'll see you soon. Ciao, ragazzi. Okay. Mm-hmm.